Hi guys, Rob here, podcast editor for EveryMind. This week is another webinar hosted by founder Paul McGregor. This week he discusses body image with Donna Jackson. Donna battled with bulimia before finding strategies to reframe the way she sees her body. Donna's tips not only relate to eating disorders, there are some amazing tips for when you're just not feeling yourself. If you like this episode, don't forget to share and leave us a review on iTunes. And as always, enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Tuesday webinar. Thank you all so much for joining. Um, I'm joined by Donna, and, I'm, and Donna's going to um, be our guest for today. But we were just speaking a minute ago about it being very sunny, and this is probably why there's a lack of numbers. So I appreciate you guys um, showing up. And if you are watching this on the replay, then again, you know, if you if you want to reach out, feel free to do so. So before we start, um, if you can, if you've joined, just use the chat box. Let me know if you can hear me and see us. Just say yes if you can. We've got Pio, we've got Caroline, we've got Anita. And then Donna, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Muggy. Good. Oh, I'm, I'm ex- all good. Yeah, I know. And we were just saying as well that when you're doing these webinars, you can't have a fan on because otherwise <laughs> it's so loud. So if me and Donna just start just dripping with sweat, you've just got to, you've just got to bear with us. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for confirming. But yeah, this is a really sort of interesting topic that we wanted to focus on. And this month within the app and the content within the app, we've had a focus on women's mental health. So we've obviously spoken about menopause, breastfeeding, body image, postnatal depression. And, and we really wanted to, to tie in it with this webinar and, and find out a little bit more about um, you, Donna, and, and in terms of why positive body image is important and how can we learn to accept ourselves. So before we start, I think what's really important, as we always do, guys, is just let us know how are you in the chat box? Um, how's your week been? Have you had any challenges? How's your week been, Donna, apart from being over overheated? Overheated. Yeah, yeah, it's been all right. I'm, I'm house-sitting at the moment, and it's a lovely house. So I'm, you know, I'm loving life. Got, got my own space. Can't be better than that. And is that with the cat? Yes, that's um, that's with the cat. Ah, oh, Pia's got a job offer. Amazing. Oh, wow. Amazing. Was that the job that you said, Pia, that you went for the interview with that you was worried about? Or was this another job? Mm-hmm. Caroline says a teething puppy is distracting. <laughs> I want a puppy. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Caroline, how old's your, your pup? I might have asked you this. We're picking up our pup um, on the 20th. So we're getting a little a little boxer dog called um, Rocky. Oh, yeah. They're the cutest. And Rocky comes from Paw Patrol, not the boxer. Like the Rocky's still Rocky. Got it. Rocky by <laughs> Um, I have to point that out. Um, Pia says it wasn't, but it's another one, and it definitely was worth the wait. Amazing. So, yeah, Aww. I think there was a lot of anxiety around that, Pia, right? So, definitely it's worked out in the end. Good for you. I counted five months. Apart from this. I need to, apart from melting, <laughs> looking forward to this session. Cool. So, we're all in the same boat. We're all melting, right? Um, Janine's just joined as well. So, cool. Let's just start. So, you know, positive body image, um, learning to to accept ourselves. Um, don't know, if we just start, you know, Going back, if, if you can, and if you don't mind, tell us a little bit more about your background. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so I may as, may as well just dive straight in. Um, a, a lot of this will be around um, bulimia and how my poor body image led to a very unhealthy relationship with food and um, just an awful cycle for, for many, many years. Um, so it first developed when I was 16. Um, I'm a type A personality, so I'm very self-critical, very high standards. And um, so I was studying very hard for exams, putting a lot of pressure on myself. It wasn't coming from anywhere else, just on myself. And 
that at the same sort of time, I started going to the gym with a friend just because and started getting some compliments from the boys that I'd lost a bit of weight. I didn't, I wasn't overweight in the slightest, but you know, just lost a bit of puppy fat, I guess. And, um, and then obviously started to really attach my self-worth to the way my body looked because that's how you got compliments and that's how you appeared um, better to people. So so started um, a, a very unhealthy cycle. Basically, if you're starting to lose weight, um, your, your weight is going to plateau at some point just naturally. But of mm. course, as soon as your weight stops, stops dropping on the scales you panic and even worse you don't want to put that weight back on so um you know i was sometimes i was living off very low calories i was finding foods that was just so low in calories but no nutritional value you know i mean i, I remember eating like spaghetti hoops and smash for a while that's got pretty much no, no nutritional value but it was like no but it's low calorie and that's all that matters um i saw counselors uh, i saw a couple of counselors on and off i saw one at 17 when I told my parents about my uh, my issues and um, dad insisted that I went to a counsellor. She did really help. Um, but I think, you know, when it comes to poor body image and food, it's something that is really, it has to be uh, maintained ongoing. So I think you can have some counselling, but unless you're implementing things in the longer term, it's not really going to be a, a long term solution. So, um, so I would say... <laughs> 20 years of, of binging and purging on and off um, some better times you know some some well-managed times where I wouldn't do that um, and then some awful times usually around stressful periods emotional times um, because as we most of us will know um, f food um, disorders are usually um, rooted in control issues and a lack of control so you use the food as that that crutch um, it's a, a, you know a lot of the same as self-harming you know it's the same kind of it's that form of control over your body um, and, and an awful awful thing to do I mean the I, I remember I used to say I hate food I hate hated food with a passion because unlike an alcoholic or a smoker I couldn't give up food I couldn't stop drinking I couldn't stop smoking I had to eat food and yet I was so disillusioned and confused about how to get out of this cycle um, I just hated it and I used to say I wish I could just take a tablet that gave me whatever I needed nutrition wise and then just forget it because I could imagine doing that okay you know just block everything else out just take this one tablet um, and I now look back at my um, my late teens and my 20s and I'm so sad for that girl because I wasted so much time and energy on thinking about food and how I disliked my body. And I remember I remember it distinctly that I would be having conversations with people and not be think not be listening to them. I, instead, it was what did I eat today? Okay, so that was that calories and what and um, and I wasn't listening. I wasn't present. I wasn't paying attention. And these are friends and family that I love, and yet I just wasn't there. Um, so you know, there were some pretty dark times. Um, I've sort of. Um, I've experienced depression on and off, but I think 100% related to all those issues around food and body image. Take those away, and I don't think I would have struggled with depression um, particularly. So that's where I, th I feel that it was all um, it all stemmed from. Um, I had relation. I had some wonderful sort of long-term boyfriends along the way um, who tried to understand, but but couldn't I mean it's a hard thing to understand you know yeah. why would you eat and then throw up it's a very odd thing for someone who doesn't understand it and doesn't get it um but the the actual 
um, act of, of binging and purging is obviously the byproduct of this this incredibly low self-esteem and this poor body image that you you have. So, um, so I would say kind of towards my late twenties, uh, you know, it, getting to my thirties, I was just kind of sick of it all. I just thought, is this going to be it? Is this going to be me until I'm 60, 70 years old? Because that just seemed like a really bleak prospect. Um, and that's not to say that I didn't have good times in my 20s. You know, I had lots of good times. But when I look back, there's definitely big periods where it was like, what a sad thing to have, have experienced. So that's that's probably you know some of my my background. Um, I don't know if you wanted to go into if you had any questions about that in particular or if I just. Yeah, I just I mean, I was, I was just sitting back because it's, it's you know, inspiring to hear people's stories. And, and I think, you know, a big part of of mental health and the work that we do is that personal experience element. And, and it's almost like, you know, giving you the floor to just just to share, because I think it's so powerful. And I'm sure, you know, people people feel the same way as, as I do at the moment. And um, there's a couple of things that stood out, which which I'll I'll piggyback off if you don't mind. Um, the first one was was almost like as you say that low self-esteem almost you know learning to to love yourself and then secondly I can just kind of imagine from my own personal experiences as well the exhaustion that you must have been experiencing right because like you said you're having conversations with people and all you can think about is is the calories and you know the food that you ate and all of that and, and that just must have been exhausting mm. um so in terms of that and, and dealing with that for such a long time you know, was there like a, a changing point? I mean, obviously you're vocal about it now and, and you're you're doing some amazing work. You know, how in a way did did stuff start to change for you? I think, um, like I said, it was a, a point where I just thought this is, I've had enough of this. I've really had enough. It is exhausting. You know, especially in my younger years, I remember um, I wouldn't want people to hear me being sick. So I would stay up really late until everyone else had gone to bed and I was comfortable that they couldn't hear me. So I was tired all the time. Um, I wasn't eating enough calories generally. So um, I didn't have the energy. Um, and your mind is going like 100 miles an hour because you're worried about everything. So it is, it's an exhausting way to live. And I just kind of had enough. And then I saw a documentary by a, a lady called Taryn Brumfit. She's an Australian lady and it's called Embrace. And something just really resonated with me. And she put up a picture on her Facebook or Instagram um, and it was a before and after shot, but she'd done them the other way around. So she was like, right. her, her, her skinny shot was, she was saying I was so unhappy here. And yet she put on weight and that was her, that was her happy. And it, it, gained a lot of traction it um, really kind of hit a nerve with a lot of people so I watched her documentary and I, I was on a plane going from New Zealand coming back because I used to live in New Zealand and I something just clicked and I just thought this is it I have to start looking at myself in a different way um, so what I started to do is running challenges I started to look at what my, my body could do as opposed to how it looked and it will be different for everyone you know people will like cycling they will like any kind of thing but for me it was running and I actually started to realize I was quite good at running and I think anyone can become better at running um I, I think maybe you do need a, a, a touch of natural ability but for me it's more like dedication consistency motivation they're the things that can can make you a good runner um so I started doing these running challenges and I did my first marathon in 2015 and I just remember thinking, well, like, 
I was I respected my body. I was in awe of my body for the first time ever. So rather than seeing it as this awful vessel that I was so sick of and looking in the mirror at and being um, down on myself, I started to see it as a an amazing thing, a machine. And that was where it, so along with that documentary, that's where it all started kind of clicking into place. Um, so the running challenges, yeah, got a bit mad. I decided after the after the first marathon I did, which I ran um, in memory of a friend that we lost, then I decided to up the ante a bit and do three marathons in three months. And again, I thought, I don't know if I can do that, but I did what I you know, trained and I did what I should do and I did it. And then I decided to do a 100 kilometer race, which I did over two days. And then most recently um, in April slash May this year, because of COVID times and I had a little bit more time on my hands, I decided to run 30 half marathons in 30 days, which was, wow. um, I learned so much about myself during that, you know, um, when you feel powerful and strong, it's like no other feeling. And when you're so used mm. to years of low self-esteem and looking at yourself in a poor way, um, it's incredible when you finally start respecting yourself. And then when you start respecting yourself, you start treating yourself better. You, it just happens naturally. So you don't want to be stuffing your face full of um, full of awful food. When I say awful food, I don't think that any food is bad for you. Um, yeah. But when you're binging and it's and it's um, a form of self punishment, uh, that that's awful. And you don't want to do that to yourself anymore. So really, you know, the, the whole body image thing, the the um, poor relationship with food, um, that. It, it, if you can fix the self-esteem issue then then you're halfway there i think it's where it all it all comes from and as soon as you start setting yourself little challenges and it doesn't have to be 30 half marathons in 30 days you know that's that's from years of running experience but you can set yourself some kind of challenge and so i became a pt last year at the grand old age of 37 because i wanted people to to realize what that felt like. And it doesn't have to be running, but it could be that you're lifting a certain weight. Um, it could be that you're just moving better in your body. And so I just, I'd always had this passion around health and fitness because I was kind of so, it was almost like I wanted to put two fingers up to to all of the, the hardship I'd had around health and fitness and do mm. something really positive with it. So when you are used to tracking calories and understanding exercise, um, that's all very positive, but obviously for me, it was clouded by this, all this other horrible stuff. And so when that other horrible stuff started to kind of become smaller and smaller, then my love for health and fitness just completely took over. And I really wanted to share that with, with other people. And yet I still, you know, it took me to 37 to become a PT because I told myself for years that I was too old to do it. I didn't have the body shape to do it. wasn't fit enough to do it. Um, and then, yeah, something in me last year just said no more of that I, you know I'm doing it so I did it online and there's a lot of people that can become online PTs and they might not necessarily be very good at it um but you know I've I've I research and I do as much as I can to make myself a good coach and the people right. that the people that I love are the people that promote you know I, I don't have a six-pack and I'm not going to get one and now I don't want one because the level of dedication that will take is not something that I'm willing to put in. You know, all I actually want from my body is for it to work well, for to, for, to not feel pain, um, and to, to move well into old age. So, so I became a PT and learning about the body, that was another element of it. 
So it wasn't just that um, I started respecting my body. It was just that I understood how things work. So I was like, oh, okay. So I didn't understand that before. And that's because that that's how that works. Um, and it suddenly just becomes really interesting. So all the stuff that you pushed down and you didn't want to know about suddenly becomes your hobby. So, um, so yeah, that's where that's that was the turning point when I started to focus on what it could do as opposed to how it looked. That's amazing. And Anita has said that as well. And that's something that resonated with me as well is um, see what your body can do and not what it looks like. If you have that almost changed perception of your body, it can be powerful. And like you said, looking at your body and what it can achieve rather than how it looks. Um, and, and you also spoke about um, like self-esteem and, and the impact that that has on, on everything that you've experienced. And I'd love to talk about that in a little bit more as well. Pia says, that's amazing. It's great when you have those goals because you know that you need the food and energy from the food to reach those goals. I relate to that um, from being a gymnast. Also, Donna, I'm going to have to get your advice on a separate call because um, in March, I'm doing eight marathons in eight days in eight cities for um, children's mental health. Amazing. So, and and I'm 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 not I'm not nowhere near that. Oh, yet. we so will chat. To, we will talk. Yeah, I, I love it. I'll pay I'll pay you to be my PT. <laughs> um, so so I think there's loads there's loads here that I want to talk about, right? Loads. But um, the thing that's on my mind, and this just is purely from personal experience, right? Um, obviously, as people know, that come on these these webinars a lot. You know, sadly, I lost my dad to suicide when I was when I was 18, and. My dad was someone, when I look back at that, you know, people used to call him Mr. Perfect because from the outside looking in, everything was was fine. And my dad was a huge, huge, huge runner, right? And um, my dad would go in the mornings, in the nights, very good runner. Um, he'd become the veteran 1500 meter champion, like very, very good. Um, but my dad, now I look at that and I understand OCD a lot more as well. My dad was very obsessed with it, right? You know, there's there's stories that my mum tells when she just had my brother, you know, he's older than me and she was struggling, a new mum, you know, she was only a young mum. And she said to my dad when he come back from work, look, I need help. And he was like, no, 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 I've got to go for my run. She said, you you go for that run. Like, I'm not here when you come back, right? But he, he still had to go for that run. You know, she, she didn't leave, but, um, you know, it was it was that obsession and he had to go for a run in the morning. Um my dad had a book you know he'd write down all of his times everything you know this is before apps and things like that and i i have that in me right and you know sometimes i'm a big runner and there's times you know where i haven't been for a run in the morning and i'm just off like it's almost like i don't know there's just something inside of me that's like you should have gone for a run and it's that constant sort of beating myself up and and i've spoken to like you and jess and hope virgo and other people and obviously there's that real fine line I find between pushing yourself and it becoming an obsession that controls yeah. you. Right. So, you know, what advice do you have for people on, on that? Yeah. I mean, there was, a, there's a big difference between my, because exercise addiction goes hand in hand with, um, you know, poor body image. And so in my early twenties, I would be at the gym relentlessly. I wouldn't get off the treadmill until I'd burn a certain amount of calories. So it's all around numbers. So obviously for your dad, it would be his times. Um, was he faster? Mm -hmm. Was he, you know, it's all numbers, numbers, numbers. And definitely you can get into these really unhealthy habits. And then if you don't go out for a run, it's like, Oh God, the world has ended and it feels very uncomfortable. Um, which is a huge um, change to how I look at it now. So yesterday I got on the treadmill because I've got a treadmill in the house I'm, I'm house setting at and I ran a half marathon because I just, it was here and I just wanted to do it. And it was something that I said I was going to do. And I hadn't run a half marathon since my last one, which was like May 21st. Um, 
just because I wanted to. But before that, I haven't I, ha I haven't run. But my mantra at the my, um, my mantra now is uh, move your body. Just movement is medicine. So it's not about numbers for me. And with numbers, um, I'm very anti. I love Hope Virgo, by the way, because she um, is all about ditching the scales. And yeah. I cannot, you know, now I've got now I've got a couple of clients or a few clients and I love explaining to them um, why the scales are not important. You know, as soon as you start putting numbers around things, it can become an obsession. So obviously you've got to do this, the, this marathon challenge that you've taken on and that's great. But it'd be very easy for you to start saying, right, well, this is my training plan and I must hit that and I must hit that. And if I haven't hit that, then that's bad. And you criticize yourself. You have to think about the bigger picture and be like, am I getting out? Am I moving my body? Have I done 2K? Even though I was going to plan 10, but I've done two, that, that's okay. And mm -hmm. it's really hard not to get sucked into all those numbers. And a mantra of mine that I always repeat to myself is you are not the sum of your measurements. Um, obviously, that's more uh, factored in body image, um, but, you, but you're not. No one is ever the sum of their, of their measurements. So whether that's that you're measuring your running times or, or whatever, so the ladies that I work with, I say, do not get on the scales. Like I, I implore you to, to throw them out because we've lost, we've completely lost sight of what health means. And, mm. you know, in my world, I wish no one owned a pair of scales and no one measured themselves and you did it purely on how you feel. You did, you did it based on your mood levels. And, you know, I had people, so I'm running a 30 day recharge at the moment. And so it's looking at, um, body image but also your sleep your um identifying your values your strengths all that kind of stuff um but at the beginning i had some rules and i said no scales and someone said to me but how do i know if i've like what are my results then how do i know if i've progressed and i'm like well is your sleep better do you feel better is your mood lifted how's your energy you know we don't we don't focus on these things we focus just on what that scale says or just on what that tape measure says um, and it's the same with running. We focus on what distance did you do? How fast did you do it? Mm. And it's um, and it's a real shame because it's not what it's about. You know, all you're ever trying to do is just be fit and healthy. Really, that's all. That's all we're trying to achieve here. So, I would say, you sang about your your dad, and I'm really sorry that you lost him. Um, you know, that's 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 very tragic, and I. I can see how like he sounds like a type A personality as well, you know, very focused, mm -hmm. very, um, very high standards. And it's hard to to stop that. You know, if that's ingrained in you, it's hard to not take those in, on board. But what you can do is focus on you can make sure that you're focusing on the right things so that when those, uh, you know, those OCD uh, tendencies do want to crop up, you've got enough, um, enough of a foundation there to kind of, you know, bat them away. Um, I try to like the tools that I use for a start. I try and track other things. So resting heart rate is a good one. Um, like I said, you, nice. your, your mood, your energy levels, your sleep. Um, try and focus on stuff that is important about our health. Um, because if you're training and you're running yourself ragged and you're not recovering properly and you're not eating the right things, you're not doing your body any good. If you're running less but treating your body really well, you're going to get a better result for for your for your eight marathons. <laughs> like that's just how it works. I love that. I love I love that. Sorry to jump in, but just tracking how we feel rather than tracking, you know, those numbers in a way. It's like 
you know, I know now. And, and again, you know, I'm not really focused on it's because maybe it's March. I'm like, I just want to get out running. Right. But, you know, this morning just went out, didn't have any intention, but hey, I've got 50 minutes before I've got to get back for the first meeting with a client. Um, and I thought to myself, I'm just going to run. You know, it wasn't wasn't very fast because, you know, I went for a sort of faster one at the weekend. But it's how I felt and how I know I feel after that run. If I don't if I don't go out in the mornings, um, it has an impact on my day. Right. And, and sometimes like last week, I had four back to back webinars, which is like me sharing my story, sharing my story, sharing my story, sharing my story. And if I don't go for that run mm-hmm. in the morning, it doesn't matter how long, long it is, whether it's like 15 minutes, as you've said how I feel and how that sets me up for the day is huge. And I've never thought of it that way. Cause even still, you know, this is, this is, this is good, but this is also a pain in, in the backside because, you know, it tells me everything. Right. Um, and, and I think like you say, if I track how I feel, that's, that's a huge impact guys. Let me know in the chat box. Can you, you know, can you, re- can you relate to this in any way or if there's anything that you want to share? Because, um, you know, there's a couple of stuff here that's come up to me and, and you know, I never thought of it that way. So, so it's, it's really, really key. One thing I want to ask you, Donna, is the steam part of it as well. Um, how, how would you say, what would you say was the catalyst to, to improving your self-esteem? And did you ever know what was the cause of your very low self-esteem that led to a lot of the problems that you faced? Um, my self-esteem is purely caused caused because my standards of myself were so high that I lived in a permanent state of disappointment. You know, it's not a nice place to be when you can never achieve your standards. And, you know, there's probably some psychology into certain people in my life that I was trying to um, live up to expectations I thought they had as well, um, which are completely unfounded. You know, these are all things that go on in your head um, and you project onto other people. Um, But that constant not feeling good enough um that will undoubtedly um lead to poor body image uh, sorry low self-esteem and then also we are absolutely bombarded by um media images of what we're supposed to look like be like um i'm always very mindful with my running challenges i know that someone could look at that and be like oh my god 30 half marathons in 30 days that's incredible and what i'm trying to Mm. show people is yeah it is i guess it is amazing but um, it, it's it's actually doable and you know with the right attitude with the right training as long as you've got no uh, major injuries um, then you can do it as well and so I'm very mindful that I don't want you know we put people on pedestals we do it naturally those people are never any you know no one's ever better than you or, or worse than you it's just we it's how we perceive things. So if you're constantly fed images and messages that we should be a certain way, chances are we're going to feel bad about ourselves. It's just the way that our, our brains are programmed. So it's something I do. Um, I follow all the right people. You know, my Instagram is very selective. I follow about 110 people at the moment. Um, so I don't follow loads of people. So the messages that I get on my newsfeed are just the people that I've selected. And they will be either people that are um, that inspire me, so people that do challenges. Um, they are really body positive um, advocates. So like your Hope Virgos, like your um, Body Posi Panda, there's Dana E. Mercer, yeah, yeah. Alex Light, Iskra, all these wonderful women. And so whenever I open my Instagram in the morning, I've got a picture straight away of someone showing off their cellulite saying, this is totally normal. Please do not think anything any less of yourself. And it, it infiltrates gradually, 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 your mind does start to change. And even though you might still want that ideal body that you've got in your head 
as long as you're realizing that there is a greater percentage of people than you thought that actually have a normal body, um, that does make you feel better. And so now, you know, on Feel Good Friday, um, on my Instagram, I just usually put a picture of me dancing um, and you can see that my tummy is you know I'm not overweight by any means um, I'm, I'm fit and healthy but I'm never going to have a washboard stomach and you know I've got a bit of fat there where I've had years of yo-yo dieting and binging and all over the place so but I like showing it off because I'm like it doesn't make me less of a person I just ran on you know I just ran a smashed out a half marathon on the treadmill and yet I don't have a I don't have abs uh, you know I'm, I'm never going to have abs so you don't have to look like a machine to be a machine you know that's 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 another one that I love and I just kind of like you know I've done it when I did my first marathon I was bigger than I am now and I I like looking back at those pictures because I'm like oh look you know I was probably a stone heavier then but that was like my first my fastest marathon that I ran so you've got to keep feeding yourself these messages that you're capable of things and it really your worth is just not attached to your body it just isn't mm. what I tried to get um, so one of the exercises that I asked my ladies to do was on day one of our 30 days was write a list of things you like about yourself and you know some people will feel very uncomfortable and think that's really cheesy other people love all that stuff but it's important you know and I said don't just write the list put it up somewhere be, get creative make it colorful um, maybe your kids could help do it with you they could add some things on there because you know what better message for your kids than being aware of things you like about yourself and I, I tell them to try not to focus on the physical things first so you know do, do all the, the the intrinsic values that you have the the way that you treat people you know put all that kind of stuff what do you like about yourself and then at the end then you can do I like my hair or I like my nails or, or whatever because that's mm. where it should be it should be down the bottom of that list because it's not the it's not the most important not really sure if that answered your question. I went off on a slight tangent. Yeah, no, it's, no, it's, no, it's great. And I think I was, I've, I was just going to jump in what Anita has said as well. I mean, that one strategy of, of you know, clearing out your news feed mm. is so important, and the impacts that you know social media has not only on just body image, self esteem, but mental health as a whole. You know, and I talk a lot about it. How you know, there's a massive sort of rap about social media is is bad for mental health, and of course, you know, it is. But at the same time, you know, that's if we allow social media to control us and we don't control social media, right? Mm. You know, I think social media is great. That gives me a platform to share my story and, and gets that out there and, and tries to help people that want to share, yeah. you know, their own experiences as well. And at the same time, as you said, you know, if we wake up every morning and we open up the newspaper, you know, who is controlling, mm. you know, who is controlling our conditioning? It's the newspapers that we're reading. Yeah. Um, and Anita said as well, you know, she did the same, um, cleared out her sort of, you know, accounts and immediately started to feel better as well um janine says at 11 years age 11 years of age and five foot ten tall wow. i was not included in a chart detailing the height of my classmates because i was taller than the teacher i went through my teens feeling i was a freak of nature which definitely impacted my self-esteem which was non-existent wow janine that's you know terrible to to hear and i can only imagine the kind of impact that that has um as a whole as well yeah that's um i mean god in your in your well, any, any age that you're younger, but especially when you're kind of coming into your teens and really trying to work yourself out. If, if you've, I've always th thought to myself, if you're a tall lady, that's, that's hard because, you know, there's a, there's a lady that I work with and she's lovely and she's very tall, but you can tell she walks over, she walks hunched because yeah. she's obviously got so used to trying to make herself small. So I think, you know, life's hard, hard enough when you don't 
you don't have any obvious physicality that draws attention. So, but being tall, especially for a girl, that's, you know, you can't get away from that. I've, I, it's a bit different, but I had big feet when I was, I'm only five foot four, but I just seem to have these, like I'm a size seven, eight now, but I had these feet when I was like 12. And I remember just being so conscious of these feet. And it's amazing how, how much like people probably didn't even really notice, but to me, it was, it was so embarrassing, like excruciatingly. Um, and that sort of thing, you know, it really embeds deep in there. So, and if someone says something to you, then it's like, oh goodness, you know, and if Janine got some, some, um, horrible comments then you know that that really teaches you to kind of disappear you know you just want to no. I used to think to myself all the time I just want to be invisible I just want to be invisible which is you know what what a sad thing um there's something else that I was going to oh yeah so for um so Pia was just saying uh, as well that it's an ongoing struggle for her to focus on how she feels and not the goal that she set for herself and might not always achieve um uh, the, the one of the greatest sadnesses in life is that people do not um they do not try to do things that they want to do because they're so scared of not achieving that goal um i don't really like the word failure because i think we've got such negative connotations to the word failure but to me if i set a challenge and i don't if I don't reach it so for example you know I don't want to um jinx your your eight marathons but you know what if you don't do it what if you pick up an injury and at number four you you have to say I you know I've really hurt myself I can't actually do anymore what happens at that point well you realize that actually the world didn't end and you are going to use it as a really good learning tool so you know failures are just learnings that's all they are and yeah, the, amount of people, the amount of people I've spoken to, and I've got one particular friend who she's done several half marathons and she's a good runner. She will not, even though she really wants to, she will not sign up to a marathon because she's convinced that she won't be able to do it in as good a time as she would like. And I'm like, that is so sad. Like you're never ever going to feel that sense of achievement of running over the finish line of a full marathon, even though you really want to, because you're, you're so scared that you might not be able to do it. But I'm telling you now, if you got to three quarters of the way round and pulled out, no one's going to laugh at you. Like, no one yeah, is going to laugh at you. They're just going to be like, well, I'm impressed that you did three quarters because not many people have run a marathon. And I mean, I use running analogies because, you know, I'm a runner. But that's, that's, to go, that's, that's the same as anything. And I just think it's so incredibly sad that we are so dictated to by either our own expectations of ourselves or the fear of embarrassment in front of others um yeah it's it, i wish i wish we didn't live in a world like that yeah I, I like that as well and we've spoken a lot about that during these these tough times is that expectations and expectations of like working from home right you know i'm working from home you know i've got these high expectations i've got to get all this work done i've got these high expectations that you know, my boss or my my manager or whoever it is wants me to do loads of work. And, and when we come to it and when we strip it all back, those are just expectations that your mind's making up, right? You know, you yeah. might have that conversation with your employer and they say, no, you're, you're doing fine. We don't expect you to be 100% pr productive during this difficult time. Mm -hmm. So I really like that of, of expectations. And it's almost like you say, of being kind to ourselves. Um, failure, as you've said, is 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 something that, you know, we need to rephrase it's, it's as you say it's a learning mm -hmm. um i always love that the edison quote i'm sure you've seen it of you know when he failed however many times to create the light bulb and they said what does it feel like to fail that many times he was like i never failed i just found out you know 
however many times not to make the light bulb yeah. or something like that, which I, I love as well. Yeah. Um, but the other thing as well, and this might be a little bit, I don't know, spiritual or holistic, whatever you want to call it, but attaching ourselves to an outcome, right? And as you've said, you know, I know in my own journey of, of let's say, you know, trying to get a six pack or whatever, I'm always attached to that outcome, right? And, and that slog to get to that outcome and not being able to get to that outcome is, is exhausting, you know, or I think back to like a couple of years ago when, when, when I was in business and for that, it was about how much money I want to earn. And it's a slog to get to that much money you want to earn. And then when you get there, that's like, mm, still not happy. I'm going to make it here. And then it's a slog to get there. Mm. And and a big part of what I've learned, and I think is, is something that you was alluding to as well, of just, just loving the process, just enjoying the process, not attaching like a specific outcome. Like you've said, like you're not trying to get a six pack. It's almost in a way you're just doing it because you know it, it feels good to you. And it's, it's a health goal that you've got. Mm. So is there any kind of advice that you'd give to people who are consistently attaching themselves to that outcome and how they can remove themselves from that? Um, so two things. First of all, I would start journaling. If people don't journal, um, it's it's really useful to identify what you're thinking and then trying to unpack why you're thinking that. Like, why are you attached to a goal? What what is it that you're trying to achieve? Is that is it a feeling of accomplishment? Are there other ways that you could feel accomplished? Um, that whole thing about what you said about your boss, um, I try and tell myself uh, every now and again when I'm trying to get lots of things done, I'm like, just remember that your mediocre is probably a lot of people's excellent. Yeah. So just remember that you don't actually have to do all this stuff. This is just your standards. So like just drop them a bit. Um, but when you attach yourself to a goal, I really think that you are losing, a, you're completely losing a connection with your body like you're seeing it as a separate thing so obviously business is a bit different but with your body if you're trying to achieve a six-pack or if you're trying to achieve um a 10k under a certain time or whatever you've completely lost sight of your body and how it and like i'm trying to explain to my my recharge ladies at the moment you know it all becomes about calories and what you put in your body and this and that and this and that but it's just like, what do you want to do for yourself? Like, how does that run feel? Like straight away, I'm going to say to you, take that watch off for your next run. And as uncomfortable as it feels, run without knowing the time, what your pace is. And trust me, I know that's difficult because I used to be someone who was yeah. fixated on numbers. But you suddenly go, ah, oh, this is what a good run is supposed to feel like. Oh, look at the trees. They look pretty. And, um, oh, my breathing feels a bit better today. Or, oh, I feel a little bit of a twinge in my... You just become a lot more connected because you're not focused on this time all the time. Um, so I would just say, you know, try to connect with yourself. And, I mean, I love meditation. I love yoga. I love all the things that are spiritual and take you kind of into yourself. Um, breathing, breath work is just a massive um, thing that's kind of exploded onto the scene. But it is huge. So it's, it is a form of meditation, obviously. But meditation, I would listen to guided meditations. Um, and there's so many guided meditations. You could literally Google in mm-hmm. um you know, fear of failure, guided meditation, you know, there's, they're tailored for all sorts. But then um, the breath work is, it does weird things. It's like, I don't know if you've ever done like the Wim Hof and stuff like that. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes you go. Especially like you say for performance, but also just, just clarity as well. Like, mm. you know, Wim Hof, uh, I mean, there's a guy who's in the app called Matt Bagwell. He talks a lot about um, breath work and how that's impacted him so mm. and I think you once you start doing all these things and they just become ingrained habits something I also um, highly recommend is putting 
your power song on every morning without fail. So uh, so for week one of my challenge, um, it was This Is Me, the greatest showman tracks. I love it. Uh, nice. This week I've gone for Alicia Keys, Girl on Fire. And if you right. and so before anything, you literally wake up and I drink a pint of water and I whack my power song on um, and that is it. So I've I've kind of at least I've had some good words going in here before anything else. Then I do a journal and I only do it for 10 minutes. I don't it's not, you know, it's not not very long. But sometimes you wake up and you go, I don't think I feel very good today. And why don't I feel very good? Or you've caught yourself looking in the mirror and going, God, like, wish I was just a bit lighter or oh, why can't I get that flat stomach? And then as soon as you write down, you're like, why do I want that? Da, da, da. It's because I've been told by society and media images for years that I should look like that. Well, I don't. And, you know, so you kind of you just do a bit of a, you know, unpack it a little bit. And then by the end of it, I've kind of made my, you know, reminded myself what's important and how good I feel. Um, so I think there are some real non-negotiables that you should do in the morning that really set you up um, on your day. What you said about the running, Paul, um, you saying I need to do that run in the morning to get my head, you know, in the in the game. That's fine because you're doing it for a, a positive reason. It's when you're exhausted, you haven't got the time, yeah, but ev but something else has to give. So like you're saying with your dad, it, like regardless of anything, he was going out for his run and that's when it becomes unhealthy. Um, but for you just wanting to, to have a, a quick blast and stretch the legs, you know, that's a very positive thing. Um, what I've got a lot better at doing is not going as far now. So whereas I used to be like, have to do five miles, anything less than five miles is not good enough. Now I'm like, I'll go out for 1.5 kilometers if I like, you know, I don't need to go, yeah, exactly. I need to go for a long distance. You'll feel the same. You're still like, oh, I feel better now. It's still, still does the, the same, same thing. impact. Yeah, absolutely. It still releases yeah. the endorphins. The only reason, it's funny, if it's almost like if we could wipe our brains after a run and we don't actually know how far we've run or how fast, we'd just feel good. It wouldn't matter. But of course, we come yeah. in the door and go, oh, I only did 2K today. It's not very good. Or someone's, you know, I've got some people that are doing the couch to 5K on my thing and Oh, but I'm not very fast, though. First thing they say, I'm not very fast. Like, I don't care how fast you are. You've got out. You've moved your legs. Yeah, you know, why does that matter? So we're still so ingrained in these numbers and these um, guidelines about what um, what we should achieve. The I said about the marathon, you know, you, you press you go into Google and you say, what is a good time for a marathon? And generally, the consensus is four hours or under. If you get under a four hour marathon, you're a good runner. And so for a while now, even though I've done these, I mean, I actually got a half marathon personal best on day 25 of the 30, um, which was just unexpected. So my, my half marathon PB, PB is one hour 37, um, which is good. Um, and, mm. now, and now I want to do my full marathon time because I want to see what I can get that to. And then I was just thinking, well, why? Like, why, why do I want to get under four hours? What, what is that going to give me? And it's, it is a, a delicate balance because there's nothing wrong with having goals and saying, well, I want to get an under, you know, I want to get a sub four hour marathon. Okay, that's fine to have that goal. But we've got to be aware of if you get that goal, what what, what were you getting it for? What's the point of it? Now, have you got to get a three and a half hour, three hour 15? So you've got to be you've got to be careful as to why you're doing things. You're raising money by the sounds of it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, you know, for me, it's not about the time. It's just about crossing the line and raising the money and, and bringing awareness. So 
Um, but I think you just hit on a really good point, which is acceptance. You know, over the last, I'd say, two years, I've, I've realized, and I, found, I sound very similar to, uh, you sound very similar to me, acceptance for me was always weakness, yeah. right? You know, if I can't keep pushing that needle, if I don't get, if I'm not always improving, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling, right? I'm weak. And, and sitting back and saying, actually, I'm pretty happy with where I am, right? You know, yes, it could be nice to make a bit more money, but equally, I don't necessarily need that. I'm happy where I am. I'm accepting of that. Mm. And that acceptance for me has been a massive weight lifted off my shoulders because I'm not always like, what's the next thing? What's the next mm. thing? And, and it's, 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 as you know, it's a completely different way of thinking because I was always told if I'm not pushing myself, then I'm not growing, right? And, and accepting what we have is sometimes a weakness, like we say. Mm. Um, and, and a big part of that, again, same as you, and, and I'm sure some people can take this away, of journaling for me. You know, journaling was massive for me to, to be able to kind of figure out a lot of, a lot of that as well. I'm just coming back to some of the comments. Um, Caroline says, 100% had that with my boss recently. We do put much more pressure on ourselves. Yes, yeah, so coming back to the expectations. Anita says, breathwork and power songs, likes that. Um, Janine says, love the power song suggestion. And that Donna has recommended things we have been discussing over the weeks. Good stuff. Um, Donna, I'm, I'm wary of time. I want to ask you a, a big question. Um, how do you view yourself now? Um, I view myself as a strong person, and that is mainly because I, I have set the terms and I have decided what my own gauges are for success and for, for how good I feel. So I, I decide that now, not any other um, I image or um, nothing external makes me feel anything it's what I decide and I get up every morning and I always say you know sometimes I'm lazy sometimes I miss my runs sometimes I smash out a half marathon sometimes I um, drink alcohol sometimes I do dry July and I have set those terms and I am happy with that I'm happy carrying a bit of belly fat I no longer feel the need to try and get this ideal body whatever that is um, so I'm, I'm proud of myself and I view myself as um, a good model for other people you know that's what you should be aiming for um you know the the ladies that i'm working with at the moment they're all a bit kind of um because i'm just sort of like it's you it's your choice like it's how you want to live your life so you usually go onto a diet plan and it's restriction 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 and i'm like no what i want you to do is get to a point where you feel good about yourself in your body you will therefore naturally make better decisions and then you will enjoy the the more nutritious food so rather than eating it because you have to you just you want to you know it's um and mm. and you can still have your treats but you can see how it really throws people that they're like what, no restriction like it, it's very uncomfortable people want guidelines they want instructions and when you actually say do it do it your way like honestly do it your way and you'll find that if people say well yeah but if i did it my way i'd just eat cake every day you don't i don't think you would if you had if, if you yeah. respected yourself and you accepted and loved yourself you might have a piece of cake a day and that's fine but you wouldn't sit there and stuff five pieces of, of cake in your mouth because you just wouldn't so um so I, I view myself as a very healthy, I've got a very healthy attitude. And my goodness, when I think about that poor girl that had her head stuck down the toilet, hating everything <laughs> about herself, it's just a million miles away. So I also, you know, like to speak out about bulimia because I want people to realize that if you're trapped in that cycle, it doesn't matter how old you are. Um, it took a long, long time for me to get to this point. 
So it's never too late. It's never, ever too late to, to finally break out of those, those destructive thought patterns. You can Amazing. Do it. I love that. Guys, um, do you guys have any questions that you want to ask Donna? Um, if you don't, again, as always, just say no questions. Um, because otherwise, don't know if you've ever done this, but I just end up sitting here waiting for questions, <laughs> and no one asks a question. Um, but no, just just from me, like I, you know, you've inspired me. Like I feel like just doing my next webinar on my top off and just sitting there <laughs> with the, the roles hanging out. And, and but I think what you've said is, you know, I, I read a lot of spirituality books and um, and a lot of like Wayne Dyer, for example. Like I had Wayne Dyer in my ear this morning, and he was talking about. Love you know, until we can learn to love until we can learn to love ourselves you know how how are we meant to show love to others and a big part of me starting to do the work that i did was a seven-year journey of me having to love and forgive myself mm. and forgive you know my dad and all of that that comes with suicide yeah to then start saying hey i want to help people like i would never have been able to do that before because mm. you have to learn to love yourself first right um i'll just say uh, yeah i really love that Brene Brown um, is another podcast that I've just cool. discovered. It hasn't been running for that long, um, but yeah, I was listening to her. And um, again, just a really uh, nice person to listen to because she's just like, I don't know what the bloody hell I'm doing. Just the same as no anybody else. You know, she just, she doesn't profess to be an expert in anything, but the way she talks is just very comforting. And you're like, yeah, cool. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I resonate. Yeah. And it's, it's, I love that. And even, um, I can't remember who it was, Michael Michael Singer maybe, when he was like, if you stand in front of a mirror and you see your body, right, it's still your mind, it's still your your, your own beliefs that's telling you what that body looks like. Mm. Now, if you if you take that body away, you still have the same. Yeah. Internally, you're the same, right? Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you, could, you could replace the external, but internally it's exactly the same. So, like, he said exactly the same thing. You know, the focus of always changing ourselves externally is is a losing battle you know mm. we have to first you know work on the internal absolutely you know? I'm, I'm inspired by you and by the sounds of it everyone Yay. else is as well I, we, we um, have to chat we have to talk about this eight marathons i'm very excited for you yeah 100 and and also as well you know you know like i said this is the start and we'd love to get you to do some content for the app and yeah absolutely um, maybe get you to share your story in more detail so um you know definitely guys if you are Let's a user it. of the every mind app i'm sure you'll see Donna in there um, over the next couple of months as well. Um, guys, thank you so much for taking the time out to 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 watch and to engage. And Donna, once again, from me and everyone else, um, thank you so much thank for you. sharing your amazing story and, and wisdom as well. Enjoy the rest of your day. Cool. All right, guys. Thank you so much. See, See you soon. Bye. Bye.